Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is D. Orlando Ledbetter of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution here with the 296th episode of the Bowtie Chronicles podcast. Everything you need to know about the Atlanta Falcons. The Falcons are 4-4 four and four and will travel down to Arlington, Texas to play the Dallas Cowboys on Sunday at 1 p.m. The Dallas Cowboys are 6-2. and two. We're going to take a look at them here in this 296th episode. We're going to title this episode, How About Them Cowboys? They're 6-2, coming off a 30-14 to 14 loss to the Denver Broncos. Got it lined up here. We're going to do an overview of their season. Look at the offense, uh, defense, special teams. Do our matchup analysis. And then go over the Falcons' recent moves here in the series, hi- series history with the Dallas Cowboys. You know, the old-timers will talk about that old playoff game where the Falcons almost had it won uh, back, in the, back in the Steve Barkowski era. Uh, so, um, you know, the, there's a lot of history with the Cowboys and the Falcons. So let's go to the season overview. And um, we're not going to go into Coach Dan Quinn being the defensive coordinator on the podcast. We have a story up on AJC.com with Coach Coach Quinn uh, discussing, uh, you know, his uh, his role with helping the team get ready for, for the Falcons, his knowledge of the Falcons and how that might help the Cowboys out in this game here, but he really didn't want to uh, talk too much about the Falcons because his team's got 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 a body slammed by the Broncos. His unit did. Gave up 30 points, missed 14 tackles. But you can go to AJC.com for our story on Dan Quinn and how he's settling in with the Cowboys and uh, DeMonte Casey and Keanu Neal over there trying to help him out. So we'll, we'll focus here on the Cowboys and you can go get your Dan Quinn stuff on AJC.com. So the season, they're 6-2. and two. They um, lost the opener and lost their most recent game. The opener was a 31-29 loss at Tampa Bay. Then uh, they went on a roll, put six together, beat the Chargers 20-17. Then the Eagles 41-21. Then beat Carolina 36-28. Beat the Giants 44 to 20. Beat at and one at New England 35 to 29. And then uh, beat Minnesota at Minnesota. So they're three and one on the road. And it um, lost at home last week for the first time. So they're three and one at the at the house. Let me just double check that. One, two, three. Uh, yeah, one, two. The Phillies uh, at home. Win at home, Carolina. Win at home, Giants. Win at home, three. Yeah, three and one, three and one. Uh, so the Falcons will be going into that, going down to Texas to play the Cowboys. 
and then they have a uh, decided advantage on the offense versus the defense. We'll go over that later, but we'll look at their top statistical leaders on offense next. We'll go to the quarterback. Of course, uh, Dak Prescott came back from a calf injury. He is completing his passes at a near 70% clip. 177 of 255 for 2,045 yards. He's thrown 18 touchdowns, 5 interceptions. Passer rating is 108.7. And Cooper Rush started for him the one game and got him a win. Cooper Rush, if he comes in, he's a... He's 60%, not as accurate. He's got two touchdowns and one interception and a 92.2 passer rating. Of course, the Cowboys, um, they do it on the ground and through the air. One of the rare teams with uh, that combination still today. But um, I added them up together. Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard, they got a 1,000-yard back at the halfway mark. So they're on their way for a 2,000-yard rushing season. Zeke's got 622, and together they average 5.1 a carry. Um, Zeke's uh, got 622 on 128 carries, 4.9, 5 touchdowns. Uh, Tony Pollard out of Memphis, 72 for 403, uh, and uh, one touchdown. The long of the year is a 47-yard run by Ezekiel Elliott. So you got to deal with them first, Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard. And so, hey, what if you get the run stopped? Then uh, they got some some wideouts there. And we we saw it last year. We're going to talk about that game later on here. But, um, you know, the 40-39 shootout. So you're going you're gonna to have to score some points down there because they got a lot, whole lot of offense. Uh, you got to try to keep him off the field. C.D. Lamb's the leader in receptions and yards with 41 for 632 and four touchdowns. Amari Cooper is the leader with touchdown receptions. He's got five, 40 catches for 532. And uh, Dalton Schultz, the tight end, they got problems. They got old school. They can go old school. Two running backs, two tight ends, and uh, I mean tight end and two wide receivers, and, and get after it that way. Uh, but Dalton Schultz has got 37 for 424 and three touchdowns himself. Uh, Cedric Wilson comes in; he's got 19 catches for uh, 280 and three three touchdowns. He's also returning punts. So there it is, Dallas's offensive leaders. We'll do the statistical analysis later. Um, we're going to move on over to the defensive side of the ball where Coach Dan Quinn is the coordinator. Uh, Michael Parsons is the leading tackler with 38. The freshman uh, rookie linebacker plays all over. They move him around a little bit. J. Ron Curse is next with 36, and Anthony Brown's third on the team with 31. Um, they do have a couple Falcons over there. Um, Keanu Neal and DeMonte KZ. KZ started all eight games, 20 tackles, one interception, three pass breakups, and one forced fumble. Keanu uh, has played in six of the games, 
two starts, 24 tackles, two for losses. He had six tackles in the uh, loss to Denver. Uh, DeMonte had one. Now, the big uh, news for out of Dallas in the first half of the season has been the play of Trayvon Diggs. Now, he has seven interceptions. He's taken two back for touchdowns, but he got iced. He got burned a couple times against Denver, probably gambling too much. So, maybe the Falcons can uh, set him up with some double moves and so forth, see if he tries to jump a route. You know, they'll need some time for that to block it. But, uh, you know, that might be, um, you know, you don't have to stay away from him, but he is a, a ball hawk and wanted to be a wide receiver at Alabama, so he's a, can catch it a little bit. You know, that's Stephon Diggs' his brother. Uh, but Trayvon Diggs, seven interceptions for two touchdowns this year. So we'll see how the Falcons, if they attack him or they stay away from him defensively. Uh, now, also defensively, they can get after it a little bit. In the pass rush, Coach Dan was blitzing a lot early. He's got some guys, multiple guys with sacks here. Michael Parsons got five. Randy Gregory's got five. Uh, and then he's got one, two, three, four, five, six guys with at least uh, half of a sack or more. So they've got 16. They're not tearing it up either, but uh, they will try to come after you. No question about it. So there's the Dallas statistical leaders on defense. Let's move on to their special teams units. Here are some of the names you need to be aware of. Brian Anger, the punter. Greg the Leg Zerlarn, the kicker, formerly of the Rams. And your kickoff returner is Tony Pollard. Uh, your punt returner has been Cedric Wilson and C.D. Lamb and uh, Nate Wright. Wilson and Wright returned the punts last week versus Denver. And Pollard is dangerous. Dangerous kickoff returner. Falcons had trouble uh, had trouble with returners against Washington and the Jets. And Pollard busted loose for 54 yards against Denver. So you're going to have to make sure you uh, got him taken care of in the return game. All right. Let's look at the punting. Stats, and then we'll move on to our fifth uh, category, which we got three things together there, kind of in the catch-all group, our matchup analysis, Falcon moves, and series history. But special teams, uh, Anger is uh, a dangerous punter, good punter. Uh, he's averaging 48.6 overall, but his net is 43. Touchbacks three inside the 29 punts. And uh, your punt returners, Wilson's uh, six returns with three fair catches. Uh, nothing dangerous here, zero. They look to, looking like they're playing it clean, not trying to do too much with it. Uh, C.D. Lamb's dangerous. He's got their long 17. Uh, but he's such a big part of the offense now that they probably can't really – Put him back there on a full-time basis. Wright has the one return for zeros. So there's your punt return game. Cedric is, I would think you, uh, you know, you got to wrap it up. You got to make sure you know that when Lamb's in there and it's not Wilson. And on the kickoff returns, they've uh, ran 10 out. And he averages 27. Anything over 25 is your legit threat. And he is definitely that. Tony Pollard has one. 
for 54. That was last week against Denver. Now, Greg, the leg, the field goal kicker is 101 from 20 to 29. 9 of 10 from 30 to 39. 3 of 4 from 40 to 49. And he's 1 of 3 from 50 plus. 1 of 3 from 50 plus. So those are your key special teams, folks. Now let's see how the Falcons match up with the with the Cowboys. You know, we're eight games in. Both teams have played eight games, so we got legitimate numbers. And usually, you know, those coaches that say, oh, this Stats don't matter. That's a false narrative. That's usually because their stats aren't any good. When they get good stats, then they tell you how great they are. We're in the top ten in this. We're in the top ten in that. So, so just, uh, you know, these numbers help. They help break things down for us. So when you hear people uh, talking bad about the numbers, football numbers, probably because their numbers aren't any good. Uh, don't tell the whole story, but it definitely helps us get ready for the game here. And just looking at it, the Falcons, uh, the offense is, uh, you know, they got one, they're doing one thing, you know how we do it. Top 16, you're in the, you're in the top half of the league. 17 and under, bottom half of the league, trying to come up. Once you get in the top 16, then you can start talking about, you know, playoffs and how, you know, what the future is and so forth. But, um, you know, outside of the six, Sweet 16, you're treading water. You're just in the fight every week. And that's um, what the Falcons have been doing. They've been fighting every week, found a way to win down in New Orleans. They'll have to find another way here because the stats don't look uh, really good uh, for them going in. But, you know, that's why they play the games. A lot of teams got beat last week. Uh, just as Dallas, just as Buffalo. But we're going to go through it anyway. The uh, Cowboys are top 10 in uh, points per game at 30.1 in uh, total offense. This is the number one offense in the league at 434.3. They uh, run it for 142.8 a game, which is third in the league. And they throw it for 291.5, which is fourth in the league. And they manage to keep the ball because they can go fast or go slow. If they want to run it and go slow, they can do that. And if they want to zip down the field, they can do that. So their time of possession is also in the top 16. So that's 13 uh, at 30 minutes and 34 seconds. So that's a top 10 offense by every definition. Uh, three points, one total Three, rush, four, pass, and then 13th time possession. So conversely, then, you got to look at the Falcons' defense. and hey, What can they do to slow them down? They're going to be uh, at a disadvantage in every category. Uh, points, we Falcons are 28, giving up 27.5 points a game. Did uh, two good uh, outings here. Well, did good against Carolina, holding nineteen. That whole fourth quarter collapsed. We, um, you know, that's just uh, that's just wasn't good football. Uh, get a twenty-four to six lead and can't close out the game. So that's where those points came from. Twenty-five. They could they had them had kept them out the end zone all day until then. Uh, total yards three sixty point five. That's a seventeen. So they're close on the yards. Total uh, total yards. The Falcons are close. And they're doing it 
uh, with good play from the cornerbacks. And Coach uh, Smith talked about that on Monday. Uh, you know, A.J. Terrell was coming up, so everybody was asking about A.J. But to Fabian Monroe has been playing tough over there on the right side. Uh, he's got his hands on some balls, probably should have some more interceptions. But uh, he's been playing tough, and that's why they've been able to keep the passing yards down. You know, playing Darnell, who didn't throw, and Trevor Simeon, who didn't throw, probably helped. But they're getting ready to see somebody who can throw in Dak Prescott. So the Russian uh, yards are 24th, giving up 123.1. And, and the pass game, 237.4. Now, uh, they don't match up with Cowboys at the number one offense going against the number 17 defense. That's too many slots. Uh, points don't match up, 21 and number 28th, I'm sorry, against the number three scoring offense. So you got the number three scoring offense going against the 28th scoring defense. So this is saying, you know, that it's going to be a bad long day down in Arlington. Now, the turnover differential, you know, Coach Quinn's telling them it's about the ball, and they've been able to get it. Um, they're tied for 10th with a plus three. Uh, the Falcons are minus three, tied for 20th. So, you know, that's how the Falcons, that's the strength. Cowboys' strength is offense. The Falcons' weakness is defense. And so that's a bad match there when they're on the field. So what do you got to do? You got to try to keep them off the field. But you got to be able to run the ball. You're 80, only averaging 80.4 yards a game, 29th in the league. But you're going against a run defense that was shredded last week. And the Cowboys' run defense, is uh, they're still 10th in the league, though, at 101 a game. So uh, you got the 29th rush offense trying to run and beat its head against the wall against the 10th-ranked run defense. So keeping the offense off the field is going to be real simple. But what the Falcons do well and their best-ranked thing is passing. So Matt Ryan... Is carrying this team. He's going to have to carry him with no running game. But we got a couple ideas on how to fabricate that. So Ryan is, uh, the offense is 257.6, 12th in the league in net passing yards, uh, 21st in scoring points at 21.9 a game, 20th in total offense, 338 a game. And uh, Rush already said, did that one 80.4, 29th. Then net passing, 257.612. And then time of possession, 29.22 seconds, 20th. So you can't run the ball, you're not going to have good time possession numbers. So, um, you know, I don't know. I, well, I don't know. How, I know they're not going to run the ball. They've been able to, they would have been able to do it by now. But here's what you can do. I've seen an offense just like this uh, in Green Bay early in the Mike Holmgren era you know all the guys were up there tony uh uh you had sherman lewis the oc ray rhodes um coaching the secondary with fritz Shermer as the dc and you had gruden at wide receivers andy reed at tight ends terry mariucci at quarterback brett five all he could do is uh throw it to sterling sharp they didn't have a running game because uh, the line wasn't built up yet but they ran every screen in the book to uh, 
Edgar Bennett. He was a great screen runner, running backs coach now out of Florida uh, State. You know, just uh, screen left, middle screen, a delay screen, a double screen, everything they, you know, Andy Reid said, hey, you know, the screen game is an extension of the run. They couldn't line up and run at people. So they just threw screens. Uh, you know, Andy Reid took that with him. All those guys took it around. But I think that Super Bowl year we did something on the screens where we found out they had 33 screens in the book, in the playbook. So the Falcons, I mean, you know, they got eight games where they tried to run it. Um, they don't match up against some of these tougher fronts. Dallas is not one of them. Might be able to go at them a little bit. But, um, you know, be mindful. A guy like Keanu Neal's a linebacker now is going to be lurking. But um, you got to do something to come up with some alternatives to not being able to run straight at people. And why they went at it straight up the middle on fourth and one in inches and took the ball away from the line of scrimmage. You know, that's one of the great questions that didn't get asked because they ended up winning the game. But um, that's a quarterback sneak at peewee level on up or fullback dive. You don't take the ball back five, six, seven yards when you're trying to get an inch. But anyway, that's how this one's looking. That's my idea on the run game for the week. Can't run it at them. You know, they've been trying to throw some screens. It's just execution's been real shoddy. So, you know, there's some deception that goes with those. Uh, you, you know, the other team's watching on film, too. So when they see the screen, they're, they've been taught to call it out. And, uh, you know, they'll gamble on it. You saw A.J. Green, I mean, A.J. Terrell come up and smoke one. Uh, just lay the receiver out. So it's it, you know, but you got to do something because – you got to have extended handoffs is what the old Packer regime used to call it in their screen game. So the Falcons have to do something that will be important for this game here against the Cowboys where they don't have any any good uh, matchups. The um, net passing, that's the Falcons' strength, throwing the football. But Dan Quinn's defense, there you go. There it is right there. You got the 12th ranked pass offense going against the 25th ranked pass defense. So this has got shootout all over it. If the Falcons can get to the end zone, uh, if he can get to that secondary, keep Gregory and Michael Parsons off Matt Ryan, uh, then you're going to have a shot to get to the secondary. You know, Casey's back there. He's played, Ryan's played him before, so he'll know how to look him off or not look him off or show him something that make him come up. So there it is. Falcons 12th ranked pass offense against Dallas 25th ranked pass defense is um, the matchup that's in favor for the Falcons. So the Fal the Cowboys defense overall, they give up 24 points a game, which is 18th. They give up 371.5 yards, which is 21st. They're in the bottom. They do stop the run a little bit, uh, 101 yards per game which is 10 but their pass defense is shaky 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 down at the bottom uh at 270.5 yards a game and so they're able to get to six and two because they're getting the ball off people they are uh, a plus three differential 10th in the league so that's our uh, matchup 
statistical analysis. Falcons have an advantage. Pass offense against their defense. Cowboys offense should run up and down the field, at least looking off for the numbers. Uh, the turnovers can can uh, balance it out. Time of possession could keep the Cowboys offense off the field. If the Falcons could, they're not going to find a running game. They're eight games in. They're averaging 80 yards a carry, so they're not quit looking for it. Uh, that so you better figure out another way to create some run like action. You know, they ran a jet sweep. That was okay. Maybe some misdirection, a dive pitch. Uh, you know, there's got to be some ways to create some space and get some people, uh, some blocks, some lanes that, you know, you don't have to drive people off the ball to get. So we'll see if they get creative here in the second half of the season, finding a running attack or rely on the extended handoff screen game. They've tried a, a lot, but they need to work on those some more and get those down pat because that's what they're going to need. Or they can keep trying to pound the ball at the brick wall and uh, you know how that's going to end before it starts. So we'll see what our new coach, the offensive mastermind, comes up with trying to answer this conundrum. Because I'm going to get tired about asking him, well, how are you going to run the ball? I'm probably not going to ask him anymore because I'm not expecting to see it. I need to see something else. So... Um, you know, you're averaging 80 yards a game. Now that you get one game, maybe you bust loose against New England or somebody, or, or you know, you get a you get a couple break a couple runs here along the way, and it gets better. But so far, we haven't seen it. So we're um almost done. We looked at the overview, their record. They're pretty consistent, except for this Denver loss. You know, nobody expected them to beat Tampa Bay. That was a good game to open up the season. Then the offense, I mean, all those weapons, dog. You know, C.D. Lamb, Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup's hurry. I don't even know if he's back yet. And they got Cedric Wilson. And both of the running backs, Pollard and Ezekiel Elliott's just, a, uh, you know, Dallas has got a lot of weapons. So defensively, uh, I saw them in Canton at the Hall of Fame game. Saw Coach Dan. Uh, they are um, putting it together, really. I mean, that's uh, secondary has has been a problem. The rookies playing great. They had to get rid of Jalen Smith. He's up in Green Bay now. He didn't fit anymore. Uh, Keanu's down there doing pretty good, and Casey's starting. So uh, the defense is. Uh, you know, their pass defense is the problem for this whole uh, operation. Solid, solid special teams don't really uh, get aggressive, but they have a good, good punter, very uh, great punter, very good kicker. His reputation is probably bigger than his uh, talent, but Greg the Leg, we like him. It's a little shaky over 50, but uh, good, good threat. He's made a lot of kicks in the league. So, and then we're going to, uh, you did our matchup analysis. We told you where the strength and weaknesses are, what the Falcons' problems are going to be, what the Cowboys are going to have an advantage with. And um, that was in our matchup analysis. Since before we get out of here, we're going to look at the series history and the moves the Falcons made over the last couple of days. The um, Cowboys lead the series 16-11. to 11. We know about the playoff history, and, uh, you know, that was one. Uh, Falcons have a few now in their playoff history where it looked like they had it wrapped up. 
and uh, didn't pull it off. But that was the original one with uh, against Steve Barkowski and Roger Staubach and Drew Pearson and all the Cowboys. I want to say 78. I should have looked it up, but the good old heads around here know what game I'm talking about. And then last season you had that 40 to 39 game. The Falcons are up 27 to 6 or 26 to 7. Then they're up 39 to 24 with 7:57 to go. Couldn't close it out. The Fowler got hurt this game. Then that was the game where they stood around and watched the uh, mortar kick on the onside. Ben Kawika got fired with Dan Quinn and uh, Thomas Dimitrov three weeks later. So that was the onside kick game, 40-39. And we're going to wrap up here with the moves. We're seeing some of the roster churn. And, you know, they put a lot of guys on the practice squad. Now they're making them, migrating them. They've had evaluations, and they're migrating them up to the roster. And uh, Jonathan uh, James Walters is uh, one that made his way up, made a big play against the Saints. He's on the 53-man for the rest of the year, barring, you know, anything else. Uh, Anthony Rush. Defensive tackle. Now, I knew uh, he's the biggest thing they got. So, 360, they could sit him in the middle. Tyler Davis is up there fighting. But, I mean, he's giving, you know, you really need a 360 guy that's going to really command those double teams, maybe even get some penetration. And this kid had three three tackles against the Saints. So, they, and was cited by the coach as one of the, you know, unsung heroes after the game. So he's on the roster. And then today, Chris Williamson was added to the roster from the practice squad. He was out of elevations. Uh, the cornerback from Gainesville in Minnesota started at Florida. Uh, one of our um, guys we started following back in training camp. So he's on the roster. We also are on Dante Fowler watch. Coach didn't want to give it up. He wants to be sneaky like the uh, – Panthers and, you know, maybe promote him on Saturday right before the game like the uh, Panthers did to uh, them when they brought Gilmore up on the Saturday. But he had practiced the week before, so you kind of knew he might be coming up. So even if Fowler practices this week, doesn't mean he's going to play. They got three weeks to let him come back into shape. And if it's a knee and it's taking longer, then, you know, don't start the clock on him, I think, is the issue. But he was uh, a little murky with that. He was asked about Fowler on Monday, and it, uh, his best response was, there's a chance. So that doesn't sound overly optimistic, but we'll see if he's out at practice tomorrow on Wednesday and tweet it out and let y'all know and post it up on AJC.com. Now, here's the other side of that. Some people are gone. We only... Uh, two of them were long-timers. One's a draft pick. Uh, Jacob Tuto Mariner was let go today. I don't know if they can bring him back to the practice squad. I don't know if he'll clear waivers. But he had that big game last year against the Raiders. And the old regime had a lot of, uh, you know, they were trying to develop him into the player. But the new regime here, they tried to play him. He, he played 35% of the snaps in the opener, and then his play just re- decreased and uh then he was um all the way down to the inactive so the writing was on the wall there punter cam naslick they cut him too they're gonna go with the old 39 year old guy dustin coquit and uh cam the uh punter from columbia and georgia 
is back out on the streets. And, you know, they've been moving people in and out of the practice squad, so we'll see how that works out for him. And then the third former third-round pick in 2018, Deidre Sinat, was let go off of uh, IR and uh, injured IR. So that's the, uh, another draft pick that didn't pan out for the former regime. And they knew it after the first year when he played 16 games. I was talking to Coach Quinn at the owners' meeting and, you know, talking about players. And uh, he was one that uh, they didn't – you know, he didn't say that, you know, wasn't going to work out. He, he kind of knew it right then, and they kept him around. But didn't use him much last year, and uh, uh, now he's not with the team. Hopefully – you know, everybody liked him. He knew his story about his both his parents' diet – Played in South Florida. Uh, you know, he was close to former Falcon Steve Nicholas. So, you know, hopefully the kid has uh, got his head on straight and kept the little money he made and uh, will transition. Or maybe he'll try to keep playing somewhere, maybe surface in another spot here in the National Football League. So, with that, we're going to get on out of here. I had a good time today uh, doing the Irish uh, NFL show over in uh, uh, Ireland. Uh, streamed in with my buddies from over there today and got the Cover 9 blog ready. Tried to get a little organized for the rest of the week. So we're in uh, good shape over here. So with that, we're going to get out of here. And uh, please follow us on Twitter at AJC, And certainly go like our, our Facebook page, Atlanta Falcons News Now, and subscribe to the AJC you can go there at AJC.com, bookmark that Falcons page, so you can get all the content we have for you here in the coming weeks. So with that, we're going to ask you to take care and have a great rest of the week. In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor, but I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces, as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show, streaming now on AJC.com. Hip-hop is a product of black people. It's a product of black song and celebration. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution presents... Hip-hop's most pulled elements are pulled from the South. A Southern hip-hop store. We always go back to that moment of the Source Awards. Everybody wants your rhythm, but they don't want your blues. The biggest names in hip-hop. Atlanta is still the mecca for hip-hop. 50 years. No one can deny... One film. The power of the South now. The South got something to say. Streaming now at AJC.com slash hip-hop.